everyone. This is Leora from LeoraOptimalBody.com and you're listening to Wednesday Wellness Podcast, episode number two, Restoring the Breasts After Explant Surgery. Dr. Randall Feingold is an expert in breast reconstruction, unblock explant, and fat transfer to the breast. He is also the co-founder of New York Breast Reconstruction and Aesthetic Plastic Surgery. And uh, first of all, Dr. Randall Feingold, I want to thank you for being here with us tonight. And uh, the first question that I want to touch is, what happened after women are removing the breast implants? And what are the options that they have to restore, vomulize, and tighten the sagging breasts? Well, uh, thank you, Leora, for having me here tonight to go over this uh, important information. When breast implants are removed, um, Beyond the obvious decrease in size of the breast, there are changes in shape to the breast uh, because the skin has been stretched out by the implant. Uh, nipple position may be uh, lowered. Uh, the breast tissue may be smaller than uh, existed before the implant is placed. So uh, women may be uh, dissatisfied with the appearance of the breast after the implant uh, removal. So the options to improve this are elevation of the breast or the nipple, which we call a breast lift or a mastopexy, or restoring a volume to the breast, yeah. uh, which is done through one's own body fat, which is called autologous fat transfer or fat grafting. So can you tell us when it is recommended to do these procedures and how do you choose what kind of uh, breast lift procedure you're going to do for a certain woman? Well, you know, part of it relates to patient goals. Um, if a woman doesn't really want to alter the breast beyond breast implant removal, even if the breast is uh, low on the chest or even the upper abdomen, then I'm going to have to respect their choices. But, you know, many women are still concerned about breast aesthetics after implant removal. After all, aesthetics was uh, important to them as the reason behind the original implant surgery. Then I think we have to study the breast and look at its position, look at its size, look at its shape to see if it's uh, going to be valuable to improve uh, breast uh, form. Uh, the common breast lifting techniques may involve repositioning the nipple. It may involve tightening the breast of the uh, skin. It may even involve uh, rearranging the breast tissue under the surface of the skin to reshape um, the uh, breast. Uh, and so incisions around the nipple to elevate the nipple are called circumareolar approaches to breast lift. Some people call it a donut mastopexy or a crescent mastopexy. If we need to tighten skin in the lower part of the breast, then the incision is going to look more like a lollipop incision. Uh, but in some cases, we need to do uh, tightening of the skin extensively, and that may be more of an anchor pattern like you would see uh, after a conventional breast reduction. Okay, a lot of technical terms. So can you actually take us through a typical consultation with a patient uh, where you are in the process finding out which breast lift technique uh, suits the patient? So uh, I like to stand with the patient in front of a mirror and evaluate where their nipple position is relative to the equator of the breast. If the nipple is in the southern hemisphere, then a lift of some type, depending on how loose the skin is, will be helpful. If the nipple is uh, much lower down at the south pole, then a full anchor pattern is going to be needed. I also evaluate the amount of remaining breast tissue 
and try to project what the breast size will be without the uh, implant. That is where fat grafting can make a difference for women who are particularly concerned about downsizing after uh, explant. And then we look at potential fat donor sites, for example, the abdomen uh, or the thighs to see where we can rob from the rich and give to the poor. So would you actually combine breast implant removal surgery with breast lift and fat transfer during the same surgery? Um, I do it uh, whenever it's appropriate to improve patient aesthetics. So I favor it and many of my patients um, benefit from it and enjoy it. Um, I prefer fat grafting at the time of capsulectomy, explant, and mastopexy whenever possible because even small volumes of fat can minimize depressions, hollows, shadows that follow explant. Uh, sometimes a moderate volume of fat transfer can be accomplished to restore a half a cup or a full cup of cup of lost volume. And while larger volumes of fat grafting can be performed uh, several months later, my strategy is to minimize the number of operations, expense, and downtime by beginning the volume restoration process on the day of the explant. So I know that when I expanded with you, Dr. Feingold, that was like about almost two years ago, I was also looking for a plastic surgeon that has expertise in fat transfer, not just breast lift, but also fat transfer. And you were, you know, I found you because you were recommended in Facebook group, but as an expert. But still, fat transfer is still sort of controversial when it comes to uh, doing it at the same time or even using fat transfer. Can you explain to us maybe why it's so like there are some doctors that still don't want to do it? Well, it is an extra step and it adds a little bit more time to the operation, you know, perhaps another 30 minutes or 40 minutes. Uh, I don't really consider that uh, a source of concern. Um, some patients um, would also rather not touch another part of the body and do more extended surgery than is necessary beyond uh, the breast explant surgery, and I can certainly understand that. Um, there is some misinformation out there about um, the long-term survival of uh, fat grafting, yeah. and I think uh, fat grafting is very well established and documented as having uh, lifetime persistence um, if it is done in a manner uh, that achieves good blood supply uh, when it's placed. Um, there are There's misinformation about whether fat grafting can cause uh, cancer in the breast, and it absolutely does not cause uh, cancer. Uh, there's concern about whether it can affect uh, mammograms, and it does not prevent uh, the uh, evaluation or the discovery of an existing breast cancer in a breast just because somebody's had uh, fat grafting. So there is some concern, but there is some some misinformation. And when patients come in, I try to give them the best education so they can make the best uh, decision possible. So I know because you and I have talked before I had fat transfer to the breast and that you've told me that there is a certain amount that is safe also to inject during uh, the excellent surgery. But also you mentioned that there are certain area in the breast that you don't want to inject fat for some uh, reason, health reason. Can you just elaborate more about that? Well, you know, the goal here is not to inject fat into the breast gland. Fat is very happy living in body fat. And there's a layer of fat just underneath the breast skin outside the breast gland, 
which is a happy uh, landing pad for injectable fat. So uh, we put little droplets of liquid fat into the existing uh, fat just under the layer of skin, and we don't overwant we don't want to overwhelm that recipient bed if you put yeah. a small amount of fat in it will find a happy home it will have little blood vessels that grow into it and you'll get a high percentage of survival but if you overload that uh, recipient bed the pressure within that compartment will be too high blood vessels are not going to grow in and then all of that fat graft is going to be wasted and you're not going to see a high percentage of take so when patients say to me that they heard that somebody had fat grafting and it didn't work the first thought that comes to mind to me is that it's a technical error in the way the uh, fat was uh, placed or that too much fat was uh, placed and we certainly don't want to place it in the breast gland to interfere with the normal appearance of uh, breast tissue on future mammograms okay that's really important to know and i think you already covered the fact that there are not not any complication in diagnosing uh, imaging results so um well i think that imaging can detect the presence of fat grafting yes. but it does not have the appearance of breast malignancies like breast cancers yes and uh, the appearance of fat graft should be in the fatty layer under the skin it shouldn't be in the breast gland yes and you know i think that a lot of women that are undergoing uh, on lock expand the idea that they have to remove the implants and remain with sagging breasts is very, very depressing. And um, I think that when I was looking into an option, you know, to restore aesthetically my breath, I was just, I really, I, I was so excited when I knew that breast lift and fat grafting can create some volume to my breast. It will never look the same as having breast augmentation, but it will have a natural and useful look. So I, I want you to, if you can, to address a little bit the emotional aspect of losing the the beautiful breast with implants and and then trying to restore something else which is more natural and does not bring any health risk to women so i think this is a really critical um topic to talk about because women who've placed breast implants have concerns about breast aesthetics and their sense of femininity and it, it goes to self-confidence and self-esteem so when a woman is contemplating removing a breast implant you know they are necessarily changing something that uh, pleases them and they may have fears um, that they're not going to be as appealing to themselves or perhaps to a partner as they they might have been before on the other hand there may be a compelling reason to remove the implant whether it's because of a rupture or recurrent contractures or textured surfaces that could cause a rare cancer of the breast or because of systemic symptoms such as breast implant uh, illness yeah. and so in these circumstances a woman has to reconcile the conflict of removing the implant for valid reasons and the change in the uh, breast aesthetics, which was so important to them. That's why I think it's really important to perform breast lifts, fat grafting, or combinations of the two at the time of the explant to minimize some of that psychological uh, trauma or psychological loss that comes with breast implant removal. If aesthetics were important before the implants were placed, they should still be considered important after the implant is removed, and we shouldn't discard um, optimizing uh, a beautiful breast form just because the implant has to come out. So 
um, if a plastic surgeon doesn't feel like breast, you know, breast uh, lifting or fat grafting should be done at the time of explant, that's their personal opinion. But I, I think out of concern for my patients, um, you know, emotional well-being, uh, I try to uh, emphasize the importance of these other maneuvers and uh, see if it's something they want to do at the same time to accomplish as much as possible in one operation. Yes, I want to add that breast implant removal can be quite challenging because explant does not remove that part of your mind that cares about how you look and how you appear. And breast is a very important part of a woman, I would say, sexuality and femininity, you know, being a woman. And I know that some women chose uh, to go flat or just to stay without, you know, any aesthetic procedures. But I feel that it is so important to to still, you know, try to get some aesthetic results and because it's so it's really traumatic, you know, to go through explant and and then not have the result that you want and you feel comfortable with. I'm going to say that about 25 percent of my patients choose to have either fat grafting or breast lifting at the time of explant. But about 50 percent of my patients have a combination of both. Okay. That leaves about 25% of my patients that want neither breast lifting nor fat grafting, or maybe they just don't need it because they have, you know, fairly optimal breast aesthetics when the implant comes out. But if their if their choice is not to do these other maneuvers, I completely respect that. Um, sometimes people just want to let the dust settle and see how the breast uh, looks after the explant. And they're more interested in just getting their health back and minimizing the amount of surgery. So it's not that they're going flat as much as they're just uh, focusing on the uh, primary goal of improving or regaining their health and deferring procedures about breast aesthetics to another time because they haven't burnt any bridges by doing these procedures at a subsequent date if they choose. So I have one last question. I mean, is age actually a factor in how the breast is going to look and bounce back? Well, I think we have that uh, perception that an aging breast is going to be uh, somehow less attractive. But I have young patients that have uh, relatively uh, saggy breasts, sometimes from pregnancies. And I have some older patients that have remarkably youthful looking breasts, um, even when their implants are removed. So I don't think age is a uh, contraindication to um, offering breast aesthetic uh, procedures and that uh, it's not necessarily more challenging just because uh, a woman is uh, 50 years old or 60 years old. That's good news. So how long is a surgery that combined these uh, three procedures? So I generally reserve about an hour for a uh, on-block Explant, meaning removal of the capsule intact around the implant um, on each side. So that's about two hours of surgery time. Uh, Sometimes it may go faster than that, depending upon uh, the thickness of the capsule and whether it's above or below the muscle. And then I reserve a third hour of OR time for breast lifting and or fat grafting to just make sure it fits comfortably in that time window and there's no uh, pressure to you know, rush through the operation. And so uh, whether it's two hours, two and a half hours, or three hours, uh, virtually all patients uh, are accommodated within those time intervals for various combinations of these procedures. Well, that's great. 
So I think we had one more question, and that was, uh, if you could uh, tell us what is the retention percentage of the fat after one year of fat transfer to the breast? So fat retention is related to how well blood vessels grow into that fat on beginning on the day of the operation. And so uh, if you harvest the fat carefully, if you inject it in the proper plane, if you don't put too much uh, fat in, I personally expect about a two-thirds uh, take, you know, something more than uh, 50%, probably not 75%, somewhere in between yeah. for uh, fat viability after a couple of weeks. Um, we don't really expect to see big changes after uh, the first month. If it hasn't gotten blood supply by then, it's never going to get, you know, the blood supply. Um, if breasts get smaller after that, it's because there were other factors of swelling in the breast or fluid in the breast that are um, resorbing. And it's not because fat is being lost after the first few weeks. So can you come for a second round of uh, fat transfer? Uh, fat grafting can be repeated. Uh, multiple times. I usually wait three or four months for breast swelling to resolve and for it to get soft. Um, I don't think I've done more than three rounds of fat grafting in any patient because um, at that point, they really got substantial sized uh, breasts again. Um, so the rate limiter might actually be the availability of donor sites uh, and that the patient has more fat to uh, provide for the breast. Well, this is great, and I think these are really great news for women to know that they can restore aesthetically the breast after on-block explant. So I want to thank you again, Dr. Randall Feingold, for sharing with us this uh, valuable information and good news, actually. Thank you. Thank you, Lyra. Thank you. And guys, if you want to stay with, tuned with our podcast, don't forget to subscribe. See you soon. Thank you very much. Thank you.